<laughs> Hi, we're here, and we're already laughing. <laughs> because this is going to be another just great, just solid storytelling. Everything makes sense, and all the characters have something relevant to do. Can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, I didn't even... So, first of all, 212, uh, what was this one called? Fauxhawk? Fauxhawk. But was it really? I I didn't bother writing down the plot points. I just wrote what each character did because there generally wasn't really a plot in this episode. <laughs> like there, you know, it was, really it was totally filler. Like, what was anyone doing? It was just like random scenes of what each character is doing, basically. And it's like, yeah. all right. Well, because what each character is doing is not working their way towards the final confrontation at all, so. Oh, okay. So, I guess we can get started with Joey. For me, he was the highlight of this entire episode, and I love him, and he was perfect, but he always is, so it's not even surprising. I'm just glad that because they did this as like a Mindscape thing inside the Gap ad that is Slade's mind, he actually got a chance to like verbally speak because some of the reactions other people have to Joey's character make me suspect they don't read subtitles when he's signing, so they just have never heard him talk before. I I think some of it is that, and I think it's also what you said about people like infantizing him. Um, because mm-hmm. it's like he's he's very clearly saying things and they're just dismissing it to go with what his dad thinks, right? Like, I don't know how you watched 208 and what you took away from that was that Slade was just doing everything to protect his family and the Titans bullied and um manipulated Joey and Dick is horrible and broke his promise and he's arrogant in the end. Joey clearly said, was it worth it? You got my throat slashed. Like, like, what did you guys miss? Like, what he did was not okay. Like, I don't know Right, how. and he didn't protect Joey. If Joey was protected, he'd still be able to talk in the present. Like, Slade never, like, never protected him. He left his, he left his wife out here, broke a single mother, no one assassins, be slicing his son's throat and stuff. I, I don't know, having affairs, doing what he's doing, putting Rose in a country clothes, but that's later this episode. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't even know um, how people, how they arrived to the conclusions they arrived, and they just kept on going all the way into this episode. And I haven't like seen any feedback to see if anyone's backtracking or backpedaling. <laughs> But they were really high-ho that this is all Dick's fault. He should leave people with kids alone. And they just kept saying this the entire season. I'm like, bruh, like, yeah, we got that part. But what you're not getting is Slade is the most wrong in this situation out of anyone. How are you guys not getting that part? And, like, it's so clear and... It's crazy because, you know, we get to Joey and he's just going the fuck off, which is completely fair and apparently has been for five years. He tries to walk him in front of a, like, tractor trailer. Like, he's so dumb with Slade and he's been dumb with Slade. Like, back in the scene at the church, like, in 208, like, Joey was going off on him. Joey was cussing him out. Joey was big mad. Like, this whole time, Joey has, ever since he found out what Slade did, like, and what Dick Grayson did, he felt like, okay, 
fair enough, Dick. Like, you know, you were trying to get to my dad because he's a serial killer. Not fair enough, dad. You're a serial killer. Right. And it's like, here's my thing. No one, they did take Joey's choice away up until they told him the whole truth. And they told him the whole truth. They left nothing out. So they completely gave that power back to him to make whatever choice he wanted to make from that point on. So anything mm-hmm. that came after that was completely his decision. And people are yeah. acting like it wasn't. And I don't get it. Right. Like, they, like it was great to see, you know, Dick and Adeline again. Because, like, you know, in that last scene with them, I was like, whoa, she's being real weird. This sounds like Slade talk. Like, the phrasing, like, your selfish seduction of my son. I was like, what is that? Like, it was very, very, like, strange to me. And, of course, it turns out it's strange because her psycho-abusive husband was hiding in the next room. So that's why she was being so strange. Right. And, you know, that that characterization of what Dick was doing, that Slade characterization, is just fake. Like, just like, you know, Corey said when she overheard him giving his big, stupid villain monologue to Dick. Like, you're listening to this shit? Like, there are some situations where you have a villain and it's like, okay, they're going about it the wrong way, but they're basically right or their motivations are right. Slave's not one of those situations. He's He's wrong all the way around. He's completely wrong. And, And that's the thing, too. It's like, because of who Dick is, he's able to make him believe that. Because Dick is so hard on himself. And, like, he... He really believes any little mistake he makes is comparable to mass murder. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you because can... he's surrounded by the most unforgiving assholes ever. It's his friends. And they're only massively unforgiving towards him. And they're treating but him... But they forgive each other all day, and they, they right. never forgive him. Right. They forgive each other, and they don't blame themselves really either. Um, no. But let's we they forgive get, themselves, they forgive each other, but Dick can have all the blame. Yeah. Well let's jump back into like what I I liked a lot of the dialogue in the scene. Um, like where Joey was basically like, you know, they expose you for the mm-hmm. monster that you are, and that's why you're really mad. And Slade didn't have anything to say to that because that's exactly what happened. Is they exposed yeah. him. And if he if all of this was actually about Joey, he would listen to what Joey wants. And Joey wants exactly. to be free, and he wants him to leave his friends alone. So this isn't about Joey. It's about Slade. It's always been about him and his ego. It's not even yeah. about his love for Joey. It's about his wanting to control him. And he's That's why he's imprisoning Joey like that, right. because if Joey was free to do what he wanted to do, he would leave Slade. Right. And that's what <laughs> he would have nothing really to do with Slade. Because that's the thing. If you, if you really love someone, you want them to be happy, even if it's happy without you. Period. That's what actual love is. So it's just like you don't love the, you don't love your son, and he super doesn't love Rose. Like we'll get into that later. But I yeah. just like it's completely about control. It's about possessiveness. Just like how he doesn't love Adeline. Had her mm-hmm. out here married and living like a sing- and living like a single mother, like with assassins hunting after her and her son. Meanwhile, he's off in luxury hotels running around with Rose's married mama. Like yeah, whatever. He, he loves himself. That's what this is. 
Like, yeah, see, that's and, it. He, and he doesn't love the vision of himself he sees reflected back from Joey, like, not having it. He What he liked about Joey was Joey thinking he's a good, normal person and being like, Daddy, Joey that's what he liked about idolized Joey. idolized him. That's the thing. Like, that was the big problem for Joey was that he saw his dad as this big hero. And then he found mm-hmm. out he's literally a serial killer. And his mom knew and was lying to him about it his whole life. That blows. Yeah. That's emotional abuse and manipulation. Absolutely. Like, and it's a good thing that Joey just had enough of like an internal moral compass that he didn't wind up pulling a rose and basically just getting, you know, sucked into his like charisma and his pep talk. Right. And it's just crazy to me that uh, it's like transferred from that into basically being actual abuse. And it's just like enough. Like how, how, if this is the person you love the most and this is what you're doing to them, you go from, okay, I don't want to hurt my son to, I got my son hurt and I'm going to keep doing the thing that got him hurt to, yeah. I'm going to try to kill his friend right in front of him. And then I'm going to trap him for five years. Like what the, like what is And maybe this? the intention is to trap him forever. There right. was no talk of, it's not like he said to Joey, like, hey, maybe if you pipe down, I'll let you out. No. I didn't hear any intention of ever letting him out. No, he, he, has no intention. This is insane to me. Yeah, like he's literally had had this poor boy trapped in solitary confinement, trying to mind wash him for five years. He's, That's what he's holding been doing. him hostage. He's like hunting down the Titans is my gift to you, Father to Son. Do you listen to anything I say? Like these oh, are God, my friends so that I love. You're like, I feel so sorry for him. God, like. And, oh, God, and when Adeline, like, was, like, telling Nick, like, what Joey had said about him, like, excuse me for an attack of the girly mushiness, I was just like, aww. No. Like, that was the cutest thing ever. Like, Joey loves Nick so much, and people really just shit on their friendship that's so special, and it's lasted through all of this. They made up an entire different version of Joey in their minds to justify hating Dick this whole season. Because they, like, I saw so many people so convinced that Joey is pissed at him, and he possessed them in the airport to get him arrested to punish him, and I'm just like, Joey and Dick were friends. I don't know what you guys are missing. <laughs> But they very much liked each other. I don't know what they were such good friends that Joey was willing to die to keep him from being murdered. They were that good of friends. Yeah, like they're trying to act like, oh no, Joey didn't die saving. You know, Joey didn't die a hero. He died a victim because of Dick. And it's like, no, he made an active decision to draw his dad's attention away from killing his friend. He died a hero. That was fucking hero move, and I need everyone to acknowledge that. Thank you. Yes. And to acknowledge that Joey had enough agency and intelligence and moral fiber to make that decision who's right and who's wrong and put himself on the line to step in there and do the right thing. And to be clear, because Joey is a really good person and he's heroic, I think he would have done that for anyone he considered his friends because he's just a good person. So they're just like making this exclusively about Dick for no reason. I don't think that's the case. I think if Dick went in there and was like, your dad just stabbed the hell out of Donna, Joey would have been pissed. Like, yeah. You know, like that, these are, he considered them his friends. Yeah. And 
And like we, as we saw, like how Dick found out about Joey's powers in the first place was this like random guy was like sexually harassing his coworker in the store, and even though it was broad daylight, he still did it because he was like, "Yo, let me help. I see a problem." I don't. I don't like. I don't like when people do this. Like, when characters are really nice, they try to, like, dumb them down or make them kind of stupid or something. Like, just mm-hmm. completely take away their agency for no reason. I despise it. It's like, they do this in the cartoons with uh, Starfire a lot. Because they don't do it in the books, really. Not much. They did it in that one yeah. book, in that one series. We don't talk about that. But... <laughs> I mean, she's not stupid. Just because she's really nice and kind and, like, you know, a little naive to human ways doesn't mean she's dumb. And they just make her an yeah. idiot. And it's she's just, like, just you know, foreign. Like, any person who's in a foreign land among people whose ways and customs they don't know is going to be like, what's going on a little bit? Like Joey being really sweet does not make him stupid. And being an ass and having all these monologues doesn't mean you're a genius either. I know a lot of morons who love to talk. And Slade says the dumbest stuff that makes no sense. Like, I don't... He just pulls out all his $5 words to say the right. dumbest stuff all the time. Like, his rants are so stupid. Like, I have a hard time retaining them, which is why I don't quote his stupid to make fun of him. Because my brain is like, what? No. You should have seen my face in episode 5. <laughs> like, Dick showed up there in a t-shirt and a freaking. Um, bulletproof vest, right? He removes the vest, throws it over, gets down on his knees, hands behind his head, and is like, kill me instead. And Slade's like, you never learn. You're not a, um, what, what do you say? You're not a... You're not a martyr, you're a con man. And I'm just like, he's literally in a t-shirt. Like, what do you, he's, you're, what do you, what's wrong with that's, that's a martyr, Slade. This is, so, you're, look, you you're looking at him trying to sacrifice himself. <laughs> like, what are you saying? Like, what do you mean? What does that mean? Like what kind of con could this be? Just just kill him and you made it and you made an honest man out of him, bruh. What kind of cognitive dissonance? <laughs> the only you reason have he didn't have. get murdered in that scene is because Slate just decided not not to do it. He just he decided like, not to kill him. It's like you're the one who decided not to kill me. I came here fully prepared to die and trade my life, actually. If Corey didn't show up, like Corey saw right through his bullshit that he was trying to say bye. And she said as much. She was like, you can't say bye by complimenting my hair. This is a bunch of bullshit. And that's what it was. Yeah. He he said his last words to her and was like, look out for the kids. He was going to go and he was going to go die. And then Slade was like, blah, 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 crazy stuff that makes no sense. I'm going to kill your bro anyway. Why? For what reason? And then come to find out, Joey's just alive. So he was just, he did all of this for absolutely no reason at all. And like the other characters who are being jerks at least think that there's someone dead because of it. Slate knew the whole time ain't nobody dead. Girl, I just... Let's... He's been there right with him. He's been hanging out with Joey this whole time. <sighs> I can't. Like literally while this is happening, Joey was in there just knocking on the, the cloud wall. <laughs> like, it's so he's right wild. there. It's so wild. Um, And I think it finally took... Took um Dick confronting Slay and saying how he feels and that he let Joey down and he didn't deserve him and all of that for Joey to finally like 
break through and say something. Like he was trying so hard and he's just like, this is false. This is false. This is fake news. Like, please notice I'm signing to you. It's not like, help me. I forgive you. Right. Please get me out of here. Oh my God. It's horrible. Like, like poor man. This, this fandom owes Joey such an apology because they have treated him like the stupidest kid in right. the world when they talk about this. Like, oh, he only saved Dick because Dick tripped him into, like, thinking he's his friend. So he, you know, got himself killed on accident because he's a dumb kid. Like, yeah, they so, they so agreed with that stupid speech that also didn't make sense where he was like, he's a charlatan and puts kids in costumes. Never did it. Right? But then, you see Joey still hanging out in his cap t shirt. Who did he put in a costume? Please point me to it. But but the whole fandom agreed with that. They were like, oh, that was such a good speech. And I'm like, but who is he talking about? It's great, great, writ- you know, well written. But who is it about? Because <laughs> it's not about this. It doesn't apply to anybody. He never put Joey in a costume. Joey introduced himself as Jericho. He didn't give him a code name. And he was literally just homeschooling Rachel and Gar. Like, they were just reading books and doing PE class. And eating Wheaties in that house. Like, <laughs> what is this referencing? <laughs> like, oh, Rachel still ain't got no costume out here. Like, put who in a costume? And and even Donna's weird, like, just like toy soldiers just need to know only. Who ordered you without giving you information but to do that's, anything that's about thing. Donna? Not only that, like, what are you talking about? Not only does that take agency from that stupid speech and repeating it, like, it's true, it takes agency from Joey, Gar, Rachel and I guess Jason Connor Connor too like so all the decisions they've ever made is because Dick told them they're Titans this season are you sure about that I feel like y'all are full of shit and Gar always wanted to be a superhero but go on and you can see that very clearly because even when Dick is all the way out of the picture what are these kids doing like what did Rachel do? Oh, she found a girl who's being abused by her dad mm. and saved her. What did what what were Gar and Connor doing? Like out, they were doing that anyway without any of Dick's interference. What were Ra- what were Jason and Rose doing? Oh, they're busting drug rings out there. Like, Literally every single one of these kids, when left attended, went to go try to help people. But they're claiming this is because Dick manipulates them into doing like funny tricks for his own amusement or some shit. Like what are y'all talking about? Anyway, I can't. It's ridiculous. Dick is really like rotten in a cell with rats and pestilence, somehow controlling the minds of all of these kids. I I quit. Let's move on. Including the one locked inside his dad's brain. (laughs) Let's move on to Garak really quick. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, he didn't do. He didn't have a ton this episode. Somebody lied because they really did say he has a huge plot in episode twelve and thirteen. Maybe they cut a bunch of shit and. I think they cut a bunch of stuff because we'll talk about this show within a show later. Yeah, I think they cut a lot of his stuff, which doesn't surprise me. And I feel like Connor never... And that also matches Ryan, the actor, how big mad he is. Oh, yeah. Clearly something happened. Yeah, I feel like they've stolen his screen time and completely given it to Jason. Um, Yeah. And all of Corey and Rachel's went to the freaking birds. Uh... (laughs) They even, they even literally, I was talking to someone about this and I got super pissed when I really considered everything that's happened. They took Gar's storyline with Tara and completely gave it to Jason. Gave it to Jason, yeah. That's fucking infuriating. If I was Ryan, I'd be pissed too. 
<laughs> I don't blame him at all. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, that was literally supposed to be his girlfriend, the Bachelor of the Titans, and they just completely gave that to somebody else. I don't know why that didn't click for me. Like, it clicked for me that they were replacing Tara with Rose, but it didn't click for me... That that was supposed to be Gar's storyline. For some reason that they they were taking Gar's entire thing and giving it to me. I don't know why it didn't happen. But, but I it wasn't like, until... You know? I start, it wasn't until we were talking about the character comparisons and, like, the weird way they were giving other people's plot lines different characters, like how they gave Roy's plot line to Hank. Yeah. Like, even though Roy's going to be coming on the show to do God knows what, but that's Right, what is he going to do now? <laughs> like, like, like an and then, like... And you see, like, these weird moments where it's very clear that, like, moments that should have been Corey, like, they give to Don, and so, like, and they're yeah. these, like, weird things, like, they're not just taking these characters and giving them more stuff to do, they're giving other characters that are established to be in the show, in this universe, their stuff. Which is absolutely obnoxious, because they have their own material. Yeah. Like, uh, well, okay, I have, I have read the whole Birds Wiki, and can I tell you, all all their stuff is, like, mystical, like, jungle stuff. It's all very magical. It's very, like, the hot, it's very, like, hot girl and hot man. Like, that weird, weird magical through the yeah. ages stuff is that kind of thing. And, like, these different incarnations of them, it's very like that, like, hot girl and hot man, actually. And, like, a lot of their villains are, like, magical bird villains. It's, like, all very, like, okay. Like, so it seems like they were, like, you know what? Their mythos is completely lame. <laughs> So, and, like, their so comic stories always failed. But if you're going to have these characters on here that you're stealing plot lines from, you can't give them these plots. Like, if this show never intended to have Roy Harper, then I wouldn't say it's the worst thing they could have done to give Hank Roy stuff. But Roy's coming on the show. It's confirmed. Right. It's even more obnoxious because Gar and Gar's is right here. there. He's right there. So what, yeah. what next is Dawn going to be like? Actually, I'm from the planet Namoran. Like, what the fuck is next? Y'all are, y'all are getting on my nerves. This is bullshit. Oh, and another thing <laughs> is, even with Hawk and Dove, they switch some stuff around because it's actually Dove's plotline, um, Dawn Granger's plotline from the comics to have an addiction. That's why she's estranged from her like rich people family and she's slumming it and stuff. Whatever. So... Um, I don't know what they're doing, but enough musical chairs plot. We got to move on. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say before we move on to poor Gar, because he didn't have a ton, is that Cadmus... That scene was so awful. I was so upset. Cadmus and Mercy in particular have no motive whatsoever to be doing this. And no. if there was a motive, we genuinely could have had scenes explaining that instead of them just having her randomly go, hey let's turn these kids into murderers and just put them on put them on the public. For what? Like, what is and the reason? And random. Like, it was just a random coffee shop. And he's like, oh. And then when she, when he's, like, freaking out, she's like, oh, that was just a little test. For what? Bro, like, what is the reason? Why did you maybe, have me kill an entire coffee shop? Maybe they'll, oh, even if they have her explain it next episode, it's still not enough. And here's why. Because they've had so many scenes and things going on this season that were unnecessary and it's just like when you have stuff that's actually important like a big villain that you're setting up for next season give them give them those extra scenes give like, them those the scenes stuff connects i don't because about... okay we see her she's having like some sort of lesbian drama with like her wife and kids we see that she's having some sort of power play with this guy that winds up tied up at the end of this episode and we see her turn these kids into villains and we see her complaining about lex's ethics 
None of these things tie to each other None to of make a character sense. with sensible motivation. And can we go back? Because what was she saying to Miss Eve? Oh, it's dangerous to have someone out there like that, a potential serial killer. So you get him and then you turn him into a serial killer? 2 plus 2 right. equals 17? What? Like, because I thought that that was her, like, ethical, like, that was the reason she wanted this, like, experiment dead. And then even, like, when she stopped in the fight, it was when Hunter was, like, showing concern for Gar and Crypto. And it was like, oh, wait a minute, he has feelings. Like, that's, like, when she decided to stop it to them brainwashing the Like, what, sh- what are you doing and what are you trying to what do? You do? Like, and here's my thing. This also doesn't make sense for Lex because all, many versions of it, Lex's whole point of, creating these um, clones of Superman is that he would have his own personal Superman that he can control. And he wants power and he wants it. He wants like legal power though. You know, yeah, be, and in other stories, like, Superboy is out saving people and he's in the papers and he's on yeah, the Yeah, but that's carpet. what I'm saying. That's, he what, wants that's to, what Lex is having him do. Right, he wants to be the president and he wants all the respect that the country gives the Justice League and he was going to use Connor to get that. Like, here's my Superman and you don't need the Justice League. You have me, Let's Luther. You know what I mean? He can't do any exactly. of that if his, if his little project is running around murdering people. No. So, none of this even makes sense within Superboy's super mythos because, no. like, like you said, all the stuff we've seen with Superboy before, like, and just usually the way they portray Lex is, like, he's not a good person but in his own version of things in his mind he thinks he's doing the right thing right and he does sometimes like, save the not, day like, consciously aware of being an evil villain that's not his right. like portrayal right like he he sometimes does the right thing but he does the right thing for the wrong reason he does it for yeah. the recognition and for getting power and respect and worship so yeah but he's not like oh, i hate everything I'm an evil, crazy person. I want to bring it all down and, like, kill all the people. Like, that's never, like, what he's trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not crazy. No. So, (laughs) very much Like, he's not the Joker. Yeah, they got Mercy wrong, and they've... Slade is half right, because I've always viewed Slade as a fucking moron. Um, A lot of the things he does in the book... Is is just obnoxious. Like, I will say, though, what, what they did wrong here is that his goal really was to murder them all, every time. Like, I don't know what this whole, my whole goal of the season was for Dick to be lonely. Mm, that's pretty lame, but okay. All right, buddy. Sure. Um, yeah, it, did, it didn't, it didn't, I mean, it, it seems like they're bending over backwards to make Slade not really a villain, and it's like, but why? But that's not quite right either, because it's like, they show him murdering all these people, they have people acknowledge he's a murderer and a monster, but then when it comes to the Titans, he's like, hmm, and it feels like they're doing that just because they don't want him to beat the shit out of the birds. <laughs> that's what would actually happen, is that he would hunt them down and beat the hell out of these people. But they're not letting and, him do it. And there's never any plot reason for him not going after them. No, like he, he's Because as far as we can see, he's never going after them, and there's never any reason no. why not. He's never because, touched them but, once. But don't forget, they also are doing this weird thing where they're trying to, like, balance it. Because on one hand, they're trying to just make it, like, this is all about Dick Grayson. On the other hand, but we're important. So it has to be about the Titans. Well, if it's about them, then why he only got going after this, bro? Like, what's going on? Like, you know what I mean? I, 
I really feel like he acting like a weirdo with a crush, but that's just my personal opinion because your fixation on this one man is getting real weird, buddy. It doesn't even add up. It doesn't add up. I don't know what's going on there. Well, like, he's not his biggest fan bouncing around the school for five years. <laughs> like, every funny. time Swain loses, like, focus for, like, a second, he's got Joey being like, he's the best. He's He can almost fly. He will save us all. He could do anything. That's what's up. That's what's playing on loop in his head. It's like he's, be it's like he's literally triggered by him. Every time Joey's like, oh, there's my friend Dick Grayson. He's like, oh, I'm sensitive about this one thing in particular. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like he's having to like kill Bill Sirens play in his head every time someone says this man's name. Like, can you please? Well, he's got like a weird sort of his relationship with his kids is real weird. Like, we'll talk about him courting Rose later. Ugh, I just. <laughs> um. So next is Dawn and Wonder Girl, but this person on Twitter called her Blunder Girl, and it just made me laugh for twenty minutes. So I'm just gonna call her Blunder Girl from now on because it's the best thing I've ever read. She's earned that. She has earned that. Like, okay, first of all, I'm going to say, here's Angelique's theory on what was happening in this scene. Dawn was not in this scene originally. Like, it was just Donna, just like she was searching for Rachel by herself. It was just Rachel. It was just Donna who rolled up on this guy with her lasso and, you know, did whatever she was doing here with interrogating him. But... They wrote Donna at the last minute, just like they wrote her into a lot of stuff where she's completely unnecessarily there and just like, oh, you got the sushi and salmon, did he? Like, they just be trying to find excuses in the late season to have her just be there because she didn't, she didn't say or do anything in that scene. She didn't like, do anything. No. And like, she, she was trying to be like threatening when she walked up to the guy, but I'm like, you're kind of just whispering at him. and I thought she was trying to be flirty. She I'm, was supposed to be scary. No, she was, because she was like, hmm, da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, oh, she's... I thought they were literally just acting like they were the, mm-hmm. like they were going to randomly tag team him. I thought that mm-hmm. they, were, they were acting flirty. Like, oh, I, we're going to no, bang you, psych, we're going to tie you up. It was supposed to be a scary interrogation. You didn't get... That's what they were going for. And... You know, Blunder Girl did kind of pull it off because she's the one with this big ass rope that she kept tightening. Yeah, I mean, once they got to that, then yeah, it looks like okay, we're like interrogating or at least good cop, bad copping it. I think it was. I don't think it was even good cop, bad. Like, if you should rewatch the scene, they were trying to both be scary, but the problem is Dawn is not scary at all. Like, I just. I don't care. Like, I just. (laughs) Oh my god. When you talk like this, it just kind of takes away anything that you're trying to say. If you deliver everything in a sexy whisper, it just sounds like an ASMR video. And I'm waiting for you to blow on the camera and paint your nails. I'm going to beat you up. I know karate. Like, no. (laughs) I can't take it. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! The conversation they had afterwards was incredible. I have I okay. Can I just say something? Yes. You know how like there's shows where they start off where it's a bunch of really aggravating characters, but throughout the season you like them a little more and a little more and a little more. <laughs> this is I, so not one of those cases. I like them less. I over like time. them. Dawn in particularly less every scene and. In a way, it's almost impressive. And I kind of liked 
the first season. I kind of like both of them the first You know season. why? Because less is more, okay? <laughs> it's kind of like wasabi. It's like the little dab. You're like, oh, this is pretty good. If you take the whole thing and shove it in your mouth, you're not going to feel that way. <laughs> they are. And like, well, for one thing, their range is underwhelming uh, as actors. Like, when... Like, okay, like, Dot is fine as long as she's supposed to be portraying irritation. She's got it. When Dawn is supposed to be portraying anything other than her best dog trainer voice on her big dumb boyfriend. Ooh. Anyway. Because, I mean, that voice is good for that. Is, is good. That's a good taming boyfriend's voice. Calm so, down. I know I'm being, I was being oh. obviously nitpicky about that interrogation scene because I just don't like that. <laughs> but in general, it was fine, whatever. They're trying to do something, you know what I mean? They're actually attempting to move the plot forward. Where my actual and issue here? Yeah, so it's fine. Like, they're trying to find Gara and Connor. That's fine. They're doing more than many people, right? Fine. You guys, you got that one. What I didn't like was the scene after where it's like, we need help. And then Dawn's like, but let me remind you how and why I'm an asshole <laughs> real quick. <laughs> it was so weird because it's like, oh, when they're like, oh, our only option is Hank. We just, you got to go get him. I was like, wait, hey, guys, what about Dick Grayson? Okay, you need help. You don't want to get Hank because they just had a breakup and yang yang yang. And because he's a useless crackhead. Why don't you go get Dick Grayson? No, we're not even going to consider getting Dick now. Okay. Weren't you guys just blowing up his phone yesterday? Whatever. Like, Here, fair enough. What? Now you know where he is, and you got okay. It was just fair enough because I understand they they hate this man, so of course they wouldn't think of him. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> it's not fair enough. It's still stupid. It's still like, stupid, but I'm like, at least that tracks. So what doesn't track for me, you guys, is going. Yeah, we could use Hank's help, but he walked out on me. So then, you guys think Garn Connor's life? is in danger. I don't give a fuck about your relationship drama. Call him. You stupid. Mm, let me chill. I just feel well, like... I mean, we have several characters who have this problem. Let me chill. Uh, I just feel like your relationship crap matters less than Garen Connor's safety. But I, maybe I mean, that's it shouldn't me. matter at all under these circumstances because it's like so serious and such a big deal. It, you guys should like literally not care about it, but you know, but that's Donna, just my well-reasoned opinion. Donna, he walked out on me. You two walked out on everyone. Yeah. And Don, you in particular walked out on your boyfriend. Remember Dick Remember that guy, Dick Grayson? <laughs> He's probably somewhere like, I feel irritated for some reason. So I'm just somewhere like, I got a sudden rush of irritation. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and like, also, let's not forget. Now, okay, so when, you know, when when Dawn got her signal to go to Elko, except she didn't even get one, her car, her engine just went out. It just happened to be at Elko, but whatever. When that happened, she'd just been talking to the GPS, and it had let us, the audience, know she was headed to San Francisco. Now, she didn't know that Gar and Connor had been kidnapped. If she had any interest in staying with them, she would have not left in the first place. So she's not going to them. Now, who else is in that house? And let's be clear. She did not talk to Gar and Connor at all in that house, really. She kind of no. helped with Connor. Supposedly, off screen, she, like, I don't know, 
pulled a bullet out of him. No, whatever they claim she did. That should have been Corey's scene when she went to tell Dick that. But we are we already talked about that. How that scene very much should have been Corey. Um, and it made absolutely no sense because Corey was the one who was helping with him. Corey's the one who wound up saving Connor. Corey's the one who spoke Kryptonian. Like yeah, they inserted her into those scenes for no reason. But anyway, um. <laughs> Uh, I lost my train of thought. Well, but I, I really did. I just, my God. What was I saying? I mean, you were talking about uh, how their relationship drama shouldn't matter when there are lives on the line. Oh, they, I was talking about how she didn't does. talk. She didn't talk to the kids, right? No. So she didn't talk to Car or Connor while she was in the house. The person she talked to the most in the house was actually dead. Yeah. That's who she kept trying to get one-on-one scenes with. (laughs) And they were always really like... I told you how weird it made me feel. Well, she read about him to threaten him all the time. Yeah, I felt... It was really weird. I don't know what that was about. I mean, I feel like she was trying to start fights with him. And I mean that literally, not figuratively. Like, I think she was trying to, like, like, get into fights with Dick. And he was just like, thank you. It was bizarre. It'd be like they, she just kept confronting him by herself randomly throughout the season to say, like, <laughs> violently mean shit. And, yeah, and to call just, him a loser or threaten to burn his yeah, house he'd down. He'd just be standing there you. like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that's true. And I'm just like, why do you keep bothering him? Like, go, leave him alone. And he literally never saying. saw her out to talk to, and even when there was, even when there, were, even when she was talking to him in a room full of people, he didn't look at her. Like she had to corner him to be talking to him because he just tried to like, not she, even. She was really trying to be up in his face as much as she could. So I'm just like, I don't know what she was going back there to even do. Was she just going to yell at him some more while living in his house? Just the two of them, and then a couple, a few of the kids, and Corey, and it's just like, I'm here. I'm still mad. But also, <laughs> I need you to, right. I need to live because here. Because it makes no sense for her to hear be like, not even considering going to, to Dick when she was literally driving to his house what was she when going she got into this little detour. Like, what was, the, what was the reason? I don't get it. Whatever the reason was, it was still his house <laughs> she was going to. It makes no sense. Even these two being like, Oh, F Dick, we're going back for Gar and Connor. So you guys want to go rescue Gar and Connor and then go where? Not the tower, bitches, because guess whose house that I just know you're not going to the man's house who you left in prison. That can't be it. <laughs> right. That can't <laughs> be right. You just ain't it doesn't no way. make any sense. Like, I don't... It makes no sense. It's very confusing because... If you guys hate him so much, why is everyone on the way to get his kids to go back to his house um, <laughs> without work? him? How does that like, work? So nobody, so literally, not one of these characters, like, well, okay, obviously, Corey, uh, Corey and Rachel, but not any of our stupid uh, trio, who's now a duo, have been like, wait a minute, we're going to rescue Dick's kids to take him back to Dick's house, what, what the... The, one of the strongest among us is, in fact, Dick, and he cares about them and would help. Let's get him. Not because we like him, but just because 
he's capable of helping in this kind of a situation. He cares about it and he would help. Like just like no. to help. No, forget that and forget Hank too. Even when Dama said that's that line that when I tell you I laughed out loud. <laughs> Well, but we need Hank. When he puts on that costume, he's the best there is. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? Who's the what? Oh my God! Can we talk about Hank now? Wait a minute. We can we can skip to Hank and go back to the others if you want. Yeah, let's skip to Hank because we need to talk about when he gets in there. And we've got the DMX playing, and y'all gonna make me lose my mind. And he's in the ring, and they announce him as, and I quote, the undisputed leader of the Titans. Hey, or Hawk. The undisputed leader of the is Titans. Is this what beef is with Dick? He wishes he was the leader. What would he lead them to? Drunk? <laughs> <Crack. Like, laughs> I mean, you saw his try out nightmare. It's just going to be hair with everybody bitches. Oh, God. Like, and I was just like... Do drugs. Punch kids in the face. Go Titans. No problem. So he goes, okay, so he gets in this fight, and it's this huge montage of him just beating up varying numbers. Of, at one point, they send him in with, like, three... Uh, other mass losers that are all armed because he's just so bad to the bone Ooh. that they need weapons to try to take him, right? Okay, girl. <laughs> and then, after the fights, he's in the parking lot and now what we see is this, you know, this, like, you know, sexy cougar lady, like, hey, you know, what's up? What's that thing do? I don't remember exactly what she said. It was corny, though, I promise. And she's like, are you Hawk? And he's like, no. And she's like, what's in the bag? And he's like, has not to. I work at the plant. She's like, okay, whatever. Sure you do. I don't believe you. Let's go and have the sex. And they go to have the sex. And when I tell you, I didn't watch this whole scene through because it was interminable. It was the longest scene ever. Oh, it went on forever. It went so on fast. so long. And he was. No. I don't I don't know why women have sex with Hank. Just give it up. I know he's pretty. It's never worth it once you get your clothes off, honey. Like, this woman... So, okay, first he's on top of her. Um, and, you know, like... <laughs> he's like, oh, watch that. Oh, wait, that's not so careful. And then it's like, okay, let's flip around and she'll get on top of him. And she's, you know, trying to work up there, right? And he's just like, oh, wait, oh, oh, that rib is kind of sore. <laughs> that's the... <laughs> It's just like, okay. And like her face in this scene, like, oh boy, I regret this so much more than I thought I would. And I already thought I might regret this. I skipped all of that. (laughs) I counted how long it was just to see how much time they wasted. It was about five minutes of nonsense. It was forever. And then when she, once we get done with this, like he's, he, he sees on the TV. Oh God. He has this dumb dream sequence where he imagines that he's, getting beat up by Dawn. It's not very believable. By that, I mean, he's just, like, letting her beat him up and is like, whoa, stop. And she's like, what? I paid my money to get in the ring. Let me domestic violence you. It's very great. <laughs> um, and then he's like, oh, it's a dream. Uh, I have a theory that wasn't a dream. She definitely just showed up to beat him up on their stupid spinoff show uh, to knock some sense into him, but they made it a dream here because on the Titans, we don't do that kind of thing. <laughs> Because literally all the domestic violence is characters who were supposed to have escaped to another show. So moving forward. Uh, then he sees, oh my god, somebody in the Hank 
in a in a in a hawk suit robbed a laundromat, knocked out a laundromat. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so mad. This guy's in my costume doing this stuff. And he looks in his bag. Oh my God, my costume's gone. Then he goes to the laundromat. And the guy is, who owns the place is, literally, it's laundry day. So he's like in his underwear washing his clothes. It's kind of hilarious. And he's like, you know, it's just another addict in a costume. <laughs> That's not that uncommon. Like, whatever. Like, he doesn't. The guy running the place, like, really, like, doesn't care. And he's like, show me the Instagram. And, you know, he shows him the Instagram, and I guess his incredible detective skills figure out, kick in, because he's able to figure out what hotel this guy's in, and what room, whatever. So then he, he shows up. The land, the landmark that was in the back. There was, like, a big thing outside the window. Because I, I actually watched the scene and his last scene. I didn't watch the rest of that shit, because I don't care, and I never will. Um, you, you I mean, have to hold events in my head to get me to watch some three-minute sex scene with Hank. I couldn't possibly care less about that. I really couldn't. It was so, terrible. So you know, Hank can't even satisfy a woman who's like forty-five. That's the saddest but my thing I've beef, ever heard. My beef, besides them completely wasting our time, the second to last episode on this bullshit. He really just rolled up there and punched a 16-year-old kid in the face. And then yeah. robbed him. Yeah. He literally beat him up and robbed him. And, like, at least you can say maybe he didn't know it was a kid when he punched him. But then, once the suit's off and he tells him the story about being a homeless teenager, then you find out, oh, wait a minute, this kid didn't steal his suit at all. He literally asked the kid, he literally, like, asked the kid, where can I score some blow? And was like, here... Uh, here, you can have the suit, $200. But see, they played him punching this kid in the face for laughs, like it was funny. And I feel like this is just favoritism. Because no one else could do that, and it'd be okay. Like, can no. you imagine if Corey just punched a 16-year-old girl in the face? You think you think fandom or anyone would let her get away with that? Or a mad dick? If Dick even looked at a 16-year-old kid funny, they would hang him up by his neck. Yeah, and like, Hank's been assaulting kids throughout this whole show. Remember when he choked Rose half unconscious? Remember when he was ready to fight Joey for for using his powers? Yeah. Like, he does this a lot. Like, he's attacking kids all day. He tries to attack kids a lot. He did it with Jason, too, when Jason was... Yeah, there was almost a fight with Jason, too. Yeah, Jason was flirting with with Don and he was ready to run up on him and Don had to stop him. What is your problem? Why is everything like, I'm literally going to fight you? How old are you? Like, what is this shit? I, I hate this character. I'm sorry. Can we move on? Or go back? Go back to people I do like because I'm sick. Oh, God. And then you found out this kid's from an abusive household and he, like, had been idolizing Hank and just, like, wanting to try to, like, be a hero like him. And then he shows up and beats him up and steals from him. And the kid's so used to abuse that he's just, he's still happy. Yeah, he thinks that's cool. And that's the end of the season. Wow, that was beautiful, show. Thanks. Hank can beat up kids and it's cool. Awesome. Thanks oh, for that. it's so cool. What I a sick plot. Thank you. It was amazing. I'm so glad I got to see it. Let's talk about Corey I just, and Rachel, please. I, I want them to go to their show so bad so I can stop watching I, I hate these people. I, uh, and it doesn't help that the narrative is clearly not planning to drag him for that. No, they just favor every single thing those two fucking do, no matter how horrible it is. 
even when it's mugging children. Even when it's mugging <laughs> freaking homeless children. Whatever, man. Yeah. You're not going to give him that $200. Give me a break. Well, he didn't even bother ask his name, so it's clear he doesn't intend to do that because how would he do that? I'll pay you back next week. With what? You gonna go ask Dick for money? <laughs> Fuck out of here. You even got a job. <laughs> and apparently, even whatever money he was making cage fighting wasn't enough to support his habit because he just sold the suit. Right. Anyway. But moving on. <sighs> Here's people we do like who actually do things. Corey and Rachel. No, so <laughs> that scene was hilarious. Corey was so petty. She's so mad. She's just so thorough right now. Poor, Poor baby. baby doesn't even know why. And when she accused Rachel of being a space witch, I did react with just as much hilarity. You whole space alien princess. Is she a space witch? Oh, man. Even Rachel was like, I'm the space witch. Really? <laughs> That was so, that was like the most classic mom daughter fight ever. You ever see those shows where it's like a single mom and their kid? That's exactly how they fight, though. Yeah. Oh man, I love them. Oh god, I mean, basically, they're giving us the live action Michiko Tohachi that we all deserve. Right? Oh my god, that's so bad. That is so bad. Mother daughter on the road. Trying to save their dad. You're so right. Trying to save their dad in jail at that. Look, yes. look at this. Look at this. You are so right. They even they even got the, the um skin tones down too and everything. Look at this. Yeah. Alright then. Alright. <laughs> oh man. Poor She's really good. This terrible episode. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, they were being adorable and hilarious. And she's like, I don't care for us, name your planet. And Cora's about to cry. She's like, I care about your planet. I'm sorry. I, I, like, love, oh. I love that. And I love that, you know, so cute. they can argue and then immediately apologize and move on instead of, you know, I don't know, you get in an argument with someone and run off in different directions like a bunch of toddlers. What a concept <laughs> that you can fight with your family and then just Conflict sort it out. Who is she? Wow. I'm um, incredible. Incredible. And they have a special handshake. They're the greatest. I love that. I love them so much. And given that this is a show that has them as the leads, wouldn't it be great to see so much yeah. more of this? Like it's their show or something. And I kind of get the feeling something's going to go wrong with Rachel. Like I'm worried. Because she's not in the funeral scene. And they kept saying she has to make a sacrifice. And obviously, I know they're not going to permanently kill off Rachel, but something might happen. Well, they're going to send her to Azeroth or something like, yeah, like some, that. Something might happen to her. They might think she's dead or something. And I don't want that because it's not fair. No. Because, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, we deserved like at least 30% more Rachel here. Yes. And second of all, she's so sweet. Even with her crazy, scary powers, she's like the nicest person to ever have terrifying demon powers. The nicest demon you'll ever meet is <laughs> Rachel Rock. Yes. Um, oh God. And like and she has such great chemistry with Corey. Like they're like they're like mother daughter like relationship. It's so believable and like they totally like they totally sell it. Like I love all so her, I love all her, her main pairings. Her and Corey, her and Dick, her, her and Gar. Her and Gar are like the greatest. They make me cry all the time. Wow, they do. They're so sweet. 
Oh, and it's nice to take gosh. a break from this, like, impossibly toxic soup for the most wholesome, wholesome characters. Yeah. Like, then we get to, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Toxic, Jason and Rose. Oh, my God. They are, like, they are fighting with Hank and Don for most toxic relationship on this show. And they're fighting hard for that title. God. Can we talk about real quick? Like, the realization I had that this was kind of rape. Yeah. Rape by deception, for sure. Yeah, rape by deception. I know that's not... I I mean, they kind of alluded to Jason feeling that way, actually, because he Mm -hmm. brought it up. It's disturbing, really. (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, they had him do it in, like, kind of a weird, goofy way with that. What, did, 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 did daddy order you the whole time? Like, it, he did it in, like, a weird way. But, like, no. and then also, like, his dialogue was a little strange. Because it's very clear that they, that of all the things going through his head, the thing he's feeling most is, like, used in that sort of way. They didn't quite let him say exactly what his problem is. So they to make it saying, like, all these, like, weird, random things. I took you to my high school. That's not really your problem, Jason. I, yeah, I don't know, man. It's disturbing to me, and I, like, we were kind of talking about a little bit, it's like Slade wanted her to do this, which is also disturbing. He, like, pimped out his daughter. That's... All but like all of Slade's stuff with her was weird. Like it was like it was uncomfortable enough that like I didn't that I couldn't even watch all the flashbacks because all of his stuff was weird. Like how he acted towards her. Like when he showed up to interrupt her, like when she was going to a date, it's like it's me or Todd. If you don't come with me, I'm gone forever. Okay, like, like and then like you know, don't worry, it's not a like prom dress, and like just like all of this stuff. It was very, very weird. And then also, even like when he talked about like you know his you know relationship with like you know Rose's mother, like you know I pay for this and I pay for that. And then what does he do for Rose? Oh, a bank account with a number on it that she could never spend her whole life. Well, it sounds like you're doing the exact same thing. Like it's. It's very weird how he acts towards her because he doesn't mm. treat her like a daughter, and it's weird. It's creepy. It's very creepy that he really did want her to go in there and seduce someone. Yeah, and like daughter. even his whole like "you're too pretty anyway" thing. Yeah, cut out your eye. You're too pretty. What the hell? What are you jealous of other guys? This is like there's a lot of scenes with, uh, like that, and like why? What's that? No, thank you. I didn't like. I didn't like that at all, and I don't. Her motivation doesn't make any sense for her to be leaving her mom and her dad who raised her stepdad or not, um, you know, to to go off with, with this stranger with this strange man. Very me. And not only that, to go off and murder people. Like a how, lot of people. How Complete is, strange how people. is it so easy for him to convince her to murder people? Like my thought was this originally. I think I told you before what I thought happened with Rose was that he found her when she was really young and, like, took her and trained her her whole life and, like, manipulated her that way. But she was already, like, in her... She was already, like, a teenager. Like, yeah, she's, like, 16. It just didn't add up for her to go there, shoot a hole in her hand, and be like, hi, daddy. And be acting all crazy already. I'm like, what? So because you can heal well, yourself, you're like... I Rose is also, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, supposed to be I'm, I'm lost. I'm like... Why? I think she's just like that. Like he's because he keeps saying, you know, we're different than other people, 
is this supposed to be selling that like actually he's right in this case? Like, like her, her first thought like is, oh, because I can heal and no one else can. My only path in life is to be a mercenary. Bitch, what? Like this doesn't add up at all. Like why are you murdering these innocent guards? Right, and like For we saw that scene, blood everywhere. Like it was. T- Terrible. That should be very traumatizing for a teenager who's lived a normal, and not even just a normal life. Like, Jason, you know, he's out on the streets getting into fights and stuff. He's, like, homeless and out of system. Her life was, like, country clubs. You saw that, like, ruffly flower dress she was wearing in that date. That little preppy sweater she was on in the bicycle. Like, a pampered, privileged princess life. Like, she really, really was doing all of this to prove herself to him and I'm like okay but why though like who is he I don't get it like what he's a stranger who abandoned you and your mother with much contempt and he basically called her mom a hoe like yeah she was just last up at the hotel like all right buddy I would have beat his ass right there you know what? Hi. I came here for answers, but now we have to fight. That's my mom. Let's go. Like, like now somebody's getting shot. <laughs> like he's such a jerk all the time, and it's not like oh. he shows up to, to Rose and, and like charms her. He shows oh. up and is a jerk. He's like, come with me. And like, uh, and like his ultimatums are weird. Like, why can't I? Why do I have to decide whether to go on this date or? Go, go with you. Why are you hit, putting me on the spot right now when somebody is outside waiting for me and I'm on my way somewhere and you showed up out of nowhere and maybe killed the person who was supposed to be driving my Uber? He's a creep. And I, I don't know what to say, man. He's a creepy ass dude. <laughs> and Rose has absolutely no motivations whatsoever. No motivation to do this. And it doesn't add up. And it's not even like when we see her, she's like, you know, one of those, like, like edgy rich girls, you know, like, it's not like we flash back to her, and she's, like, at the country club, and, like, a black sweater, not wanting to hang out with other girls, because she's different, and always getting into trouble, and, like, I'm tired of bailing you out of juvie, you're a rich girl, act like it, you gotta go to the debutante ball, she's a debutante! She was in a crew neck sweater, riding her bike, like, yeah, we see her, her dress nice covered house. flowers and ruffles to go on a date with Todd. Like, she's a normal, like, person of that life. She's as like, they I feel like her. a fraud. I wish my real dad was here. Last time you saw your real dad, he called your mom a hoe and threatened to kill you. But okay. Yeah, that's literally what happened. It makes sense that you want like, to Like, he's hear. terrible to her. What? It's not even like he, it's not even like, oh, she's got, like, a crappy stepdad, like, Don did, and he shows up, and he's just, like, awesome, and, like, great. Her dad's great, and he's terrible. And, yeah, so, we, let's go. None of her character motivations make a single bit of sense. No, it doesn't. And when she tells Jason this, and he's hurt, not angry, hurt, like, he starts crying, she punches him in the face. Yeah. Hard. <laughs> and it's interesting because I like looked back at the way they do this. So they've made Jason out to be a really sympathetic character in this season, even though everything he does is very selfish. Um, so the way the narrative is, is, oh my God, she hurt him by punching him in the face. This is so messed up of her. But then you see same episode. Hank punches a 16-year-old in the face. That's played for laughs. 
Okay. Before that, he punches Vic in the face. And that's like a, oh, this is what he gets, and now they're all leaving. And it's just like, I don't right. get how you guys are playing. In the same on. episode, we see Don show up to toss some sense into Hank by beating the stuffing out of him. So, okay, is it okay or not okay to beat up your boyfriend? It's, I'm not sure. It's okay depending on who it is, apparently. So it depends <laughs> on the person who's hitting the other person who's not fighting back. Then it's okay, apparently. So that's interesting <laughs> right. to me. Um, like, and it, and it makes it worse that they have so many of these incidents to contrast with each other. Yeah. Because then it's not like, okay, well, this is just, like, you know how some shows, like I was talking about, some shows are like, this is the villain show. Like, on The Vampire Diaries, like, everybody's a serial killer psychopath. This is the villain show. Any single one of these characters would be the big bad on a different show. Like, but on this show, no, this is not the villain show. No. Like, this is a hero show. They are portrayed as having what we would understand as conventional heroic morality. Like, this is when people do stuff like that, it's bad. Except suddenly, with these three, when it isn't. Yeah, and and then you have the other thing that wasn't adding up. Is like her whole backstory didn't match her personality in present day either, because now. You know, Jason gets a text about, and we'll talk about Jason a little bit more in a second. Yeah. He gets a text about Gar, and voice note was shut down. Say what you were saying again. <laughs> oh, um, I said they could have, when she was explaining this, shown flashbacks to her hanging out with the Titans, becoming friends with us, finding out about this. To show, like, oh, this is when Donna told her about the stupid soda. This is her hanging out with Don. She's told her a story about Alice. Like, the reason this was off screen was so you wouldn't suspect her. Just like the just like the whole thing with, you know, finally showing what happened with Joey and the aftermath, like, and him getting inside. The reason they suddenly randomly cut away uh, from you seeing what Deathstroke's reaction was after stabbing him was so we wouldn't see Joey hop into his body. And the reason that we didn't cut to Tower until after he told them whatever he told them is so they could be like, aha, plot twist, I told them a very slight lie. Like, so they could have done that with this and, like, you know, yeah. actually shown a scene where she could have believably gotten this information, but they didn't. But instead, they did what I did. When I was, let me, let me explain. When I was, like, seven, I wrote this um, mystery book, right, where... <laughs> I didn't know who the killer was until, like, the last chapter. I randomly decided it was, like, the secretary. So then I just wrote this bullshit chapter, like, it was her all along. And then I inserted these scenes that were never there at the end. Like, here's her doing this. Ha-ha. Here's her doing that. This is what that was like. They didn't even bother with that. They didn't even bother insert these scenes. <laughs> they didn't even do that. that. They didn't even they do did that. They did less than you did at seven. They did less than I did as a seven-year-old. This is the laziest thing I've ever seen yeah. for, like, a movie plot. Because it's not believable. They didn't even bother. And then, and it was annoying when they did that with, with, with Slade and Dick and Joey anyway. Like, when they suddenly randomly cut to that, and then they were like, oh, the reason everyone's leaving now is because he lied. When did he lie? In this scene, we didn't show you where he told them what happened. And I the just whole, everybody laugh without him saying nothing. And Everyone the, whole point, the nothing. whole point of that episode was to show us what he did. And then they didn't show us what he did. They just made up this dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh, actually, guys, he didn't. He wasn't already dead when I, when I got there, which is why you guys abandoned me. Um, actually, 
I got in a fight with Slade and then he died trying to save my life. And then they were like, how dare you survive a fight with Slade? You should have been the one who died. Piece of shit. Punch in the face. Like, what the fuck did I just watch? And it's like, it's like, I'm sorry I didn't die instead. I'm so sorry. And his family's like, fuck you. Like, what the I hell really is thought Hank was going to hug him. That's why I was so shocked when he oh punched him. God. Because he just told this sad story about how, like, the, how he had to watch his friend die and, like, how he sacrificed his life for him. And it's just like, Damn. And I was like, oh my god. Punch in the face, you lying sack of shit. And I'm like, he's already really sad he didn't die. Can we not punch him in the face? I don't know. I don't it know. was terrible. Dick was about to cry telling this story. It was a sad, painful story. And remember, he was crying in the church just out of fear of telling this story. He, oh god. I hate this so much. <laughs> Please just send these people to the spinoff because... I'm going to give just a very small rant about using a show to launch a spinoff. Now, you want to know how Hercules launched Xena? Xena was in eight episodes of Hercules, and they were not consecutive. She sank or she slammed on her show, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, this character, she was just a, a guest character we've seen a couple of times, and crazy that they got an actress got a couple of actresses and a story that was solid enough that they're like we're gonna launch the show and it's gonna get its own viewers well now we're too scared to do that we're too scared to take these characters and just launch a show and if it works it works if it doesn't it has one season and we move on oh no we have to leave them on the show for seasons and seasons and ruin characters and and create these nonsense things in order to try to make them the good guy in all these situations because we're trying to make them the most popular characters so that people will follow them onto their stupid mm-hmm. show. Make this show so they and they can sink or swim. Yeah, they're absolutely take Red Hood and the Outsiders, them. throw it over there, and if mm-hmm. we like Red Hood and the Red Hood and the Outsiders, then that show swims. If we're like, no, they suck, they sink. But the fact that they're gonna go and say, okay, we're gonna make these characters who are going to be leaving the show right in every situation and make our heroes of this show, the Titans, either wrong or off screen in order to prop them up to prop up this other show, stop it. Right. Absolutely. It's so obnoxious. And I I don't know what to say. It's absolutely ridiculous that you can have them all commit this crime, but the only person who's going to pay for it is dead and the only person who has to apologize for all the crap he's done is him no one else is apologizing for any of the things they did even though they were doing these things with him it's not even like oh like they did the same thing but under different circumstances they were doing the same thing literally the same thing they're all together doing the same thing like and it's not even just about it's not even just about them needing to apologize to Dick in the damn finale. It's also like them needing to apologize to the kids. And yeah, they won't do that. More than anything, they need to apologize to the kids. Because when they decided to leave, to abandon Dick, Dick wasn't the only one in that house. No. And, they cons- and the reason they were abandoning Dick is because they consider him to be like criminally negligent in taking care of this kid and responsible for his death. And by extension... They consider him unfit in the present. That's what they say. Like, I'm sitting here If your complaint with Dick is that he's an unfit parent, how dare you tell him that and then abandon these kids? Right. Like, so my thing is, what annoyed me the most about that scene with um, the four girls in episode 11, well, not the most, but part of it is just, like, Donna's like, um, 
God needs us more. Da, da, da. And I'm like, now's your chance to be like, the reason Gar and Connor are missing right now is because none of us were there. This yeah. is part my fault, and I need to go fix that. They won't do that, though. They won't let them say some of this shit is on me. They won't even let them be like, some of this is on me. I need to go fix it. It's all Tick's fault, no matter what. All of it is his fault. Everything. Like, they got arrested. And mind you, they didn't, they don't even, they didn't even bother to look into seeing the exact laws, whatever. They just made the assumption that whatever happened must be, like, his fault or whatever. So they're not going to help or feel sorry for him or anything. But they didn't make that decision based off of finding out what happened or talking to him or anything. Because no. they could have, even if they weren't going to rescue him, they could have gone to the jail to talk to Dick. Do you know what I mean? Because you can visit prisoners. So they could have done that. Like, even if they want to say, okay, let's see what happened. And then if he needs help, we can help. If he doesn't, he doesn't. They don't even care to find out what happened. I don't don't understand. And, I mean, I theorize that whoever is dying will probably be like, my bad on their deathbed. But it's just like, at that point, I don't care because you spent a whole 12 episodes being a terrible friend and family member to someone who clearly has, like, PTSD from an experience. Yeah. He's losing his shit. Him, like, running off and coming back with a gun, waving it around looking manic, going, getting himself arrested, trying to commit suicide and trade his life, all this stuff. It's just, like, no matter why he's doing it, the fact that he's doing it at all should be like, okay, let's talk. Like, what is going on? What? Yeah. Something. Because, I don't know, you should be concerned that it might end his life or something. Right, like, you and he really care. did almost get killed in that jail. Um, like, because he's a cop going to jail. Right, like, as mad as I am and my friend, if they're doing something I think might kill them, I'm going to be more concerned about that than whatever little argument we had. Who gives a shit? You're trying to kill yourself. That bothers me. Like, I don't, right, like, I don't understand the... this. And I just, I can't make myself care about Donna dying. I don't care anymore. She's, like, horrible person. I, mean, I want her gone because she's, like, deadly toxic to him. Like, she's such a toxic person that she reinforces all of his, like, self-worth issues to the point it's nearly ended his life. I don't... I don't know what they're playing at here, and I will never see the birds as protagonists. Nothing they do... Well, they can be protagonists. Sorry, we already discussed this. Protagonist is not equal. Please make it protagonist on another show. Because yeah, yeah. um, um, here they're just villains. Like, yeah. And... But- and, you know, and the Vampire Diaries did something similar that I won't torture you by going into by taking characters who are functioning as villains in the plot of the protagonist's story and making the protagonists of that show villains to prop them up for their for their show. And the original show never quite recovered from it. No. Um, and, you know, at the very least, because these are not blood-sucking psychopaths, I think these characters can recover from being villainized to prop them up. But I'm really bothered by the choice to do that. And if they're so good, then they can just go start a show. This show started on a network that had had never had any original live action shows with the lowest budget of any superhero show with characters who had never been seen in live action before Mm -hmm. for the most part. And it was able to pull through. So clearly, if a show's got what it takes on this platform, it can pull through. They're... They're doing that with Stargirl. Like, Stargirl? Yeah. That's not a super popular character. 
but they're no. doing it. Swamp Thing? Like, Doom Patrol? Come on. You guys don't really need all of this damn help and all of this propping and bullshit in order to get And, like, the only reason they need it is because these actors aren't that strong. Like, I don't, and... I don't care the reasoning of this one. I'm just really irritated by it. And it's just enough is enough. And they should just let it sink. Like, it's not that strong, so it shouldn't... So it, they shouldn't do it. Because a similar thing happened on Legends. Like, the Hawk people were not really strong enough to carry that show. Neither was their villain. So they just quietly transitioned them off over time. And it's like, you could have maybe not ruined a whole season of a show when you'd already realized this wasn't working by just giving that I, particular plan and, up. And, I mean, last thing I'll say about this before we actually talk about what Dick's little plot was, because we've just been rambling. Yeah. Last thing I'll say about this is that you can very easily make more than one character good characters and have them all doing things that matter. It's not that difficult. It's no. super, it's really not that hard. This whole season had Corey off doing her own thing and having it matter and having her having a whole mm -hmm. arc separate from damn near everyone and having that arc be amazing. So if you can do yeah. that for Corey, you can do it for Hank and Dawn, you can do it for Donna. You don't have to ruin Dick's whole thing. We don't thing. have to spend the whole season pretending Dick Grayson is a villain in order to make to them, make look, them good. look better. Like, we don't need to do that. And you don't need to. We can actually have them be heroic. They could try that. That might help. It's not that hard. Like, they didn't try at all, and I just don't see why not. It's so annoying. But anyway, I. I at this Sometimes point, you can't it, make that happen, guys. It, it just is what it is, I guess. <laughs> Uh, let's just move on to what he actually did. I'm so annoyed. Huh? Yeah, let's get back to Dick Grayson, who is out being the best. Okay, first of all, that Dick and Adeline scene was adorable. Like I said, I really appreciated it. I love knowing she's Team Dick Grayson. And I did suspect that they were going to have another scene with those characters that was much more positive in tone. Um, because, you know, it, it's apparent in you know, after the fact that she was acting like that because of Slade. Right. Because, like, the way they presented it, I was like, this is, first of all, this is out of character. So it's just mm -hmm. like, either they've decided to make her an ass, too. Or which would some, suck. Which would suck. Or something else is happening here. And, I mean, to be clear, her keeping that secret from Joy was messed up anyway. But, like, we've been saying all season, it's like, if you do something messed up, you apologize, you acknowledge it, what's left to do? Yeah, try and like she did clearly like try to fix it. That's why she like ran off like with Joey to try to like protect them and like keep Slade away or whatever. Right. So this is her trying to make up for her own mistakes, which she acknowledges. And I'm just like okay. Like this is literally how life works. Yeah. You can screw up, acknowledge, apologize, don't do it again, be better. I'm like, why? Yeah, we don't have a time machine, so all we can do is try to get redemption the best we can. Who understands this on this show? Gar, Dick, Adeline, Joey? Mm -hmm. Is that it? Is everyone else on crack? I, okay, I guess. Well, obviously, Corey understands it. Corey understands. Because, you know, after that big speech, she's, she was like, they'll get over it. Right, like, they'll get over that. Corey gets it. I mean, there's crimes, and then... There's mistakes, and come yeah. on. Like I said before, this is like Dick going, oh my god, can I join you guys' murder club because I killed a man? And then Corey, Gar, Rachel, Rose, they're all like, did you though? Because it's like, no, you didn't. It's silly. It's not the same thing. 
And, like, literally the only reason any of this is working, like, that Slade is doing is because of the trio, because we saw him after this had happened at the beginning of this season. Clearly, he didn't spend the whole five years, like, in a complete murder funk. I mean, he was in a funk of some kind, but it was not specifically about him thinking he's literally responsible for, like, the murder of a kid or something. Like, they had to hammer this in his head along with Slade, like, in order to get him there. Here's my thing, and this is why I keep saying those three were the main villains this season. Dick does not give a flying fuck what Slade thinks about him. He doesn't no. care what he thinks. He went, he goes right in this dude's face and doesn't flinch or blink or say sorry. He doesn't care. And when he went to confront Slade in that damn warehouse to trade his life for Jason, he was like, I'm the one you want. Just kill me. Let it be. Slade was going he, he on this whole like, speech. like, shut up and stop talking. Right. He interrupted him. Right. He went on this like, whole speech. kill me. Going on this whole speech and it's like, are you done? Like, like, is it over? Like, can we get on with this? Like, why are you talking to me? Like, did not suddenly start to care about Deathstroke. He's never cared. The people whose opinion mattered to him is the people that he loves. And I don't know how they don't get that. He cares about that. I mean, it's absurd and it's embarrassing. It's absurd and it's embarrassing. Adeline forgave him, guys. How how do they not forget that the things he's doing, he's not just doing for kicks. He's doing it because he cared about all of you people. His whole be Batman thing, which I don't even think he was planning on doing before you guys put it in his head, was about him being so damn upset that Garth got murdered. Because he loved Garth. Yeah. Like clearly more than Donna boy does she ever dog him like she dogged Garth so seriously and then when when he went after Joey in that church it's because he found Donna his best friend all stabbed up and bleeding to death he loved yeah. you guys like this is his <laughs> like motivation. Donna was like twitching and coughing up blood like it was about to be the it, it was looking like it was about to be the end of Donna like he thought that Slade had just murdered another one of his friends. Yeah, like that's his his motivation is that he cares about he cares about and loves these people. And it's like, okay, so some of the things he's doing, he's going about it all wrong. But what I don't understand is why they're lying about why he's doing it. Almost they're making right. it seem like he's he just he's just doing it to prove he's the greatest. And it's just like not and he really like does not care about that. that. He doesn't think that about the, himself, and he's not really trying to prove anything ever he doesn't think he's that great at all no he never he's never once been like i'm i'm bad i'm the greatest i should be the leader because he doesn't he doesn't do any of that you guys just keep treating him like he's the leader and he's like okay guess i'm the leader and then he happens to be the only one coming up with ideas so i yeah, guess it's nobody else ever has even when donna's like oh we'll just wait for you to come up with something else hey i have an idea why don't you come up with something why don't we not wait for Dick to go or something? Why don't you? I guarantee if Corey was like, okay, I have a plan, he'd be like, cool, let's hear it. Like, he's not going to be like, yeah. hey, wait a minute. I'm the leader of the Titans still. Like, that's never going to happen. It's not how he is. He's certainly never going to give a speech like the one that Hank had the announcer give. Right. Like, the he's undisputed not, leader of the Titans. He's not doing any of that. He said to Jason, we're... We're equals, we're teammates, nobody is anyone's psychic, and he very much believes that. Yeah. It's not his fault that you guys keep, like, delegating. Is that the right word? Is it delegating yeah. everything to him? He's not asking them to do that. No. They just keep doing it. 
like it's one of these things where a, the most common motivation for Dick Grayson doing something is because someone has to do it. No one else is offering. Even when I'm in prison, you guys are blowing up my phone. <laughs> like I'm not asking for this. Like they really no. do. He is pissing the yeah. Nick was really trying to spend wrong. the next seven years hanging out with roaches and rats. That was his plan. Not hurting anybody by not leading anyone mm. astray, by not even having contact with anyone. And, like, can we also talk about, at the end of that Rose and Jason scene, then we get to Wintergreen and Slade, and Slade's all, I warned you, Grayson. Well, we can just completely talk about like, Slade now. Let's move on to Slade. Yeah. Because, okay, first of all, <laughs> we're just, okay, was Wintergreen? Okay. The best that I can think of to explain what Wintergreen said through putting the times together was he, he was mad Dick whooped his ass. So he's just making up a reason to cook at him because he ain't want to admit that he just got his ass whooped. First of all, there is is literally impossible that Wintergreen knew Corey and Rachel were now on their way to San Fran. So Cause they ain't even know. They ain't they even were in Nevada looking for Dick still, and they, they just decided. Know. So that's bullshit that he knew they were coming back. All they knew was that um, Don and Donna were in town. He just made up a big-ass lie. And then, also, I brought up the fact this these are plot holes because Slade got pissed because of Rose, right? But then, yeah. But then he called Rose and he's like, the Titans are getting back together. Come back to San Fran. I'm like, wait, I thought you were going after the Titans because of Ro- what Rose said. And, like, does he think what? that now Rose is going to help him defeat the Titans? He just left you because she took the side of the Titans. Are you inviting her to come fight you alongside the Titans? What was that, Slade? <laughs> He's dumb. He was like, <laughs> it's time for us to put our band back together. What band? I broke up the band. I left the band. I'm Otis. I'm Otis Redding. What do you mean? <laughs> I am Beyonce. What, are you, what band? What are you talking about right now? <laughs> I mean, it, and like, okay, what are you about to get confused again where your child doesn't choose your side? Because just last time this happened, Slade, where you're like, I'm gonna teach my kid a lesson by killing the kids and, by killing their friends in front of them. Your kids are like, No, you're not. Not while I'm right there. <laughs> How many times you gotta learn this lesson, old man? You know that SpongeBob meme? He's a SpongeBob meme with that one. <laughs> How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> right. Like, I don't feel, I feel like Rose could not possibly be any clearer that she is team Titans. That's what she just told you. Just like Joey told you, he's Bruh. team Titans. How and then many... it's like, oh, I'm going to create a fight to the death between me and the Titans in front of my kid who just chose the Titans. I wonder what they're going to do. How many Robins, how many Robins have to seduce your children? <laughs> Where you get it? Stop! Stop having them hang around Robins. They're gonna seduce your kids. It's all they do. Swilled again by Robin and his seductive wiles. Swilled again by the seductive Robins. Just stop, okay? They're always gonna choose the Titans. Just give it up, bro. Right. And it's not even like this was a surprise. She called you to tell you she was choosing the Titans and you call her back and be like, Oh yeah, well I'm about to fight the Titans. Let me tell you where at. You just know okay. he's somewhere else screaming at the sky, Robin, every time. Every time. 
They seduce his kids. This is hilarious. And remember, the um, reason he like showed himself back up in the first place is because oh, Jason in the Robin suit was like Titans back, bitches. Robin maybe, is the whole thing, maybe, the bane of his existence. Maybe, maybe it's Robin in general that <laughs> triggers this man. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's like, so funny. where he's like, I'm coming after the Titans. And then they're like, oh boy, now that I'm in danger, I need to call my super-powered friends. So they put together the Titans to respond to him. Right. And then he's like, look at them, put themselves together. <laughs> it's like you told us. We were just trying to sing karaoke. This is your we're fault. We're trying to be apart. Like, Donna was just trying to be in a museum somewhere. The birds were trying to be riding horses and singing karaoke. They were not trying to be nobody's titans until supervillains showed up. It's just insane. Like, he ushers them all into the same room. And he's like, look at these people in the same room. You did it. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> but these super complicated oh machinations. God. Remember when he's, like, explaining to, explaining to Rose, like, Dick Grayson has a thing for stray, so I'm going to make you a stray. Then be like, oh my god, why do you have my kid? That was your plan! He was like, oh, let's see how much these titans like being together again. Sir, they didn't like being together at all. They weren't planning to be together. You made them be together. Like, I don't know how to explain this to you, my guy, but this is... Exactly your fault. Like you like slay the slate's own big bad. Like slay the slate's big bag. He's his own problem. Cut off your nose to spite your face. And even that whole thing with Joey. Oh my god, Dick followed my son here when I set a trap so he would follow him here. And here he is. So I knew you were coming before you came and I'm mad about it. What? Run that by me again? Like why did you do this? What was the reason? Right. Like, like he don't know he created this situation oh or something. This whole season was him being mad at Dick for killing his son who was not dead. His, his son's really been alive the whole time and just in his head cussing him out. Like, yo... Why don't you leave Dick alone? Why don't you leave me alone? Why don't you leave everybody alone? And he's like, shut up. Dick tricked you. I feel like I'm being manipulated by the person who has me trapped in a psychological prison. Whatever. You just don't understand, son. Who are the people hurting his kids? Like, Rose wouldn't have been anywhere near Raven to get her, her shirt rocked if you didn't put her in that house, my Rose dude. would have two eyes if it was not for him. She'd have two whole eyes. She'd be somewhere, you know, eating sushi. She'd be married with, to Todd, right? being bored. Right? <laughs> she'd, be, she'd be given the best birth ever because she can't be injured. Like, can I have your natural birth, Rose? She, she would be just living it up on, in some golf club somewhere. <laughs> You were yeah, like, because she was me. clearly happy with that life. Like, it wasn't like she was, you know, Vanessa from Gossip Girl books who's like, oh, I'm a rebel. I gotta pretend to be poor and I gotta be like a gentrifier. She was like, she was like, nah, I'm like at the country club and like I'm doing the thing. I'm wearing the dresses with the ruffles and the flowers right. and with the curls in the hair. She was about that debutante life. Like, why don't you let this girl have her debutante ball? Like, <laughs> 
Uh, let me just say real quick, we've got exactly 10 minutes, so we can spend the rest of the 10 minutes talking about Mr. Slade Wilson. But I just want to say real quick, again, this makes no sense, Rose's thing, because, okay, like, let me, let me just get this out, because I'm trying to make sense of it. So she's a mole, and her goal is to break up the team. They're all separate places. She's with Jason. And her reason for being with Jason is to spy on the Titans that they are no longer in contact with. And if they break a truce, no, listen, listen, listen. Like, isn't she done? If she if she infiltrated to break them up from the inside, then that she's done, right? But right. But here's my thing. So it's not making sense. But here, let me just continue. So that okay. doesn't make sense. But also, she's there in case they break a truce that he made a dick that they knew nothing about. How does this make sense? I'm so well, confused. And this whole time, like, even him initially being like, oh, I'm going to come after them for putting the Titans together. Okay, it's like, you keep acting like you told them, hey, I am going to come for you if you ever put the Titans back together. Separate forever or I'll be back. And then they just decided to defy you. But actually, they separated on their own without your prompting at all, and you put them back together, and then you never told them about this truce. And Dick couldn't have told them because Dick's not supposed to be contacting the Titans. So there was two... Okay, so there was. this has been done twice now. Because, okay, so the first time, they broke up on their own, and people yeah. were speculating that, oh, Dick and Deathstroke made a truce that he... That, you Brooke. know... That he never remakes the Titans, and him reforming it is why Slade's actually back, is because he broke this truth. Except you see, that didn't happen. So that never happened, but he's acting like it did. And now again, he made a truth. Did he mean to tell him, and like, you know how sometimes you mean to do something, you think you did it, but like forgot you never did it? Like, does Slade imagine he gave him this dire warning and it never happened? Well, I think he thinks about Dick a lot, but we'll get back to that a little (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think he thinks about him a whole lot. Um, but this time, he makes the truce with Dick, only doesn't tell the rest of them. Dick's literally in prison, and he's like, oh, I warned Grayson not to put you guys back together. My dude, I'm in prison. Right. Talking Nobody to ever no said one. anything about, like, they're not allowed to put themselves back together. Right? Dick is still alone. And it was like two was people. It was two. So now just two people randomly at Everett is counts as a whole team being back together, even though they left in pairs and you were fine with that? Exactly. What? Like, it makes no sense. What? Like, and what, and people act like Slade makes sense. And, like, why are you acting like Slade and Wintergreen makes sense? They what's don't. What's wrong with these people? I don't know what's going Am I crazy? Like, are we being punked, gaslighted? What's going on? Because they left in pairs. That was fine. So why does it? Why are you mad that that Dawn and Donna are hanging out? What? Why? Why? I mean, if this whole thing is about you know, Dick has to live the rest of his life knowing his friends live and breathe and walk the earth, but never able to see them again. Well, then are they not allowed to hang out with each other? Because but that's still happening because they're not even talking to him. <laughs> He's a fugitive somewhere in the wind. So the only reason they're in trouble is for hanging out with each other without Dick. Can I just say something again? He always creates his own problem because literally him attacking the four girls in the next episode is why Dick shows up in a whole new fit. You made him come back. Yeah. You, made, you 
Because you told him if he leaves these people alone permanently, no contact, they'll be safe. And right. then you attacked him while he was in jail. So, so, so what, what are we doing? What are we doing here? What's going like, on? Like, Slate keeps making up these treaties in his head, breaking these treaties in his head, and then acting like Dick's doing something. And you know why it is. Because he wants the man. He's in love with this dude. This can't be anything else. I'm so sorry. No. Because he does so much to get his attention. It just doesn't add up ever, any other way I think about it. I don't understand no, what else this, this is could be. This is like Midnighter and Grayson in the Grayson comics. Like, yeah, like, there's a scene where, like, somebody, like, you know, attacks him in the shower. And he's like, did you see this guy coming? And he's like, yeah. He's like, why did you tell me? I like hearing you scream my name. Like, you're doing a whole lot. And look. Real quick, for Midnighter and Grayson, he didn't even need his help for that whole mission. He just brought him there just to hang out. Like, he was like, I missed ya. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. Well, Dick, Dick will actually probably be your friend, Slade, to be honest, because he's that nice. That if you're like, you know what, my bad for all of it. Let's just, let's have a choose and be friendly. He'd be like, all right. Like, if you want to be his friend, just say so, because I don't know what you're doing. Well, because we see, uh, whenever he makes these, like, ridiculous, absurd agreements, okay, do I have to trade my life, go to jail, bend my friends, okay, okay, sure, cool, we're good then. We, it's like, no. Right, we witnessed, <laughs> we witnessed, no, we witnessed that go through so many um He, he apologized to Adeline, drove all the way to Nevada, like, yeah, he was like are, are you mad on her behalf? Like, I don't know, let me... He's trying to figure out what Slade wants, and he can't. He's like, okay, he doesn't want me to trade my life. Um, he doesn't want my apology. Like, what does he want? He's the team being a part isn't enough. He keeps putting the team back together. Like, what do you? Does he want us together? Is that what it is? Oh no, we're in trouble for being together. Okay, so that's not. What do you want? (laughs) <laughs> what is it like? Like his he, he got the team together, had them at house arrest, not even leaving the house to go get eggs, and then it's like, no, the team needs to be apart. And then they separate, and it's like, no, they need to be together. So we gotta go. But you know what he's waiting for? He's waiting for that magical moment where the phone rings, and he goes, "Hey, it's Dick Grayson. We need to talk." I don't know what he wants. He's waiting. He's waiting for Dick to call him. No, I'm literally sitting here trying to understand what what the actual problem is. If anything, you'd think he'd be like, oh, I've been stalking you all season. I realize you have someone on your team who can bring people back to life. Can you help me bring Joey back to life? And this would probably be like, you know what? I absolutely love that kid. Let's do it. Yeah. Solve the whole season. Look at that. Because what, well, you know he doesn't want that because... Well, then he might actually lock Joey in the basement. Maybe he'd do that. <laughs> but he doesn't want that because he likes, he's in love with control, not his son. Yeah. So it's like, I don't even want you to be back alive again because then you're going to stop being around Then you're going to be able to make decisions and leave. Yeah, no, I don't want you to be able to make decisions. And I really hate how you stopped hero worshipping me now. I'm so upset. I got Rose like, to do it, but I don't like Rose. Supply and he never recovered. He's like, I got Rose to hear her worship me, but I don't like her because she's a girl. So we got to sort and something like, else out. Clearly, Slade is the kind of person to be like, you can't just be friends with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> he would, he would say that uh, clearly. 
Because when it's like, oh, I need a girl to like me, uh, let's buy her presents, call her pretty, like... This dude okay. does not like women. I don't care what anyone says. He very clearly <laughs> is not here for the entire female sex at all. No. <laughs> he was just like, not you in a dress, sis. We gotta do something about that. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> it's a pretty thing. It's not, it's not doing no, it for me. You gotta lose an eye. We're not doing this. <laughs> I mean, he's such a weirdo. Out here like... being a woman? Not on my watch. No, no, ma'am. <laughs> she was just trying to go out on a date in a floral dress. Nope. And he was just like, I will be gone forever if you do this. Okay. He's like, the only way you're allowed to do this is if it benefits me in some way. So by all means. And make sure you send me pictures. So by all means, please go seduce someone in that house. And then he found out it was Robin. He was like, no, not this again. <laughs> Not another Robin, why? Uh, well, I mean, it was supposed to be Gar anyway, but you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what he wanted. He was like, you know, go seduce Gar. And she was like, or this Robin kid is looking real high. And he's like, look, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back it up there. That's not what I wanted. Right. Oh, God. Now, wait like... a minute. This whole thing was so wild. Oh. And it was also so wild when Jason was listing his grievances with her. And it's like, I took you to the hospital. I told you my secrets. I see you left what's out the part where she broke up it. your family and got you dropped off a building. You're not more mad about that. No, not mad at all. I was dying and her not giving a damn. <laughs> <laughs> I say West Side Story to you. It was really embarrassing for me. <laughs> That's why I'm mad. Uh, he's not even mad that she played all these pranks, let him get blamed for it, and the whole house about <laughs> Right. You set me up for a suicide. Nope. He's just like, West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a nerd. And on that note, <laughs> we will end this podcast by saying... Don't leave your kids around Robin. He's a true player for real. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Mr. Steal Your Girl Mr. Steal and your girl. son. <laughs> ah, I'm done. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>